Hello guys, so welcome to the first episode of Loving in Color. So you might hear a little bit of baby noises in the background, and that's my beautiful two-year-old daughter. Um, I'm your host, Sevi Michelle, and today's episode, well the first episode is just going to revolve around talking about how sometimes we can unintentionally make loved ones feel like a burden. So this is, you know, I'm going to be talking from personal experience and how, you know, sometimes I've been made to feel a burden by, you know, family members and it kind of prevented me from like asking help. Um, And, you know, also being on the other side of the stick, you know, like also making somebody else feel like a burden and them not feeling comfortable enough to come to me in really really tough times you know in times where they should not be alone because in the past or multiple times I've made them feel like oh like girl what do you need now oh my god you always got something going on or etc so first and foremost what I want to explain um when it comes to my podcast this is a podcast for people of all colors all races etc um personally My podcast will be focused on, you know, minority communities and minority families and healing, you know, generational trauma and, you know, kind of straying away from behaviors that have been made acceptable within our communities. So, you know, things that minorities go through, it's not just exclusive to minorities. Like, you know, there are white people that can, you know, go through family abuse and, you know, being verbally abused, you know, sexually abused, etc., I understand that. Totally understand that. I am not discrediting anybody's experience. However, what I am making very clear is that I feel that the white community puts boundaries on what's okay and what's not okay. Now, whether Pacific people in the white community decide to, you know, still break those boundaries, that's something that they do. However, I feel like they publicly let it known that certain things are not okay. Opposed to, and I can only speak on my communities, I am a Afro-Latina, so I am somebody that shares, I don't even want to say two heritages, you know, but I'm someone that's a part of the black community, I'm someone that's a part of the brown community, and I feel like there are behaviors within our, you know, both communities that are really horrible, they're very toxic, they're just disgusting, but like, we all just laugh at it, and like, it's okay, you know, like an example that I can give, like, I remember, like, I had this Cuban friend, and she was Afro-Cuban, and uh, we were talking, and I kind of just said that, like, you know, I never want to, you know, hit my child because she did something that I don't want her doing. I feel like, you know, she is a human being she's not like you know someone that's super beneath me and that's not the mindset I want to have if she did something wrong I want to explain to her that what she did is wrong if she does it again I want to put her in time out so that's that's just a very controversial topic when it comes to like in the uh, minority community and that's the thing and that's why I say that certain behaviors are acceptable in the minority community versus the white community because some white parents like they do hit their kids and like I'm not telling you what to do with your parenting I'm saying for me personally that's not a first resort you know what I mean however you know I feel like white people they can say that in their community and not like startup arguments but if we say that like within like any minority community you'll have people like literally arguing with you and ready to buck up and fight you to be able to be right about knocking the shit out of their kids like it's fucking madness but getting back to the story with my friend 
she was like, oh, no, because my mom beat my ass. I'm going to beat my kid's ass. And I'm like, okay, but why does it have to be like that, though? Because if you really think about it, okay, yeah, you want to beat your kid's ass because your mom beat your ass. You know what I'm saying? But if somebody had that same mentality to your mom, okay, but if you want to take it way, way back there, that mentality comes from slavery. It is a slave mentality, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you really think about it, like, a lot of us only beat our kids. And I'm talking about people of color specifically, you know, black ones, people that are descendant of slaves. Um, We beat our kids because it's literally been taught to us. When we did something, like our ancestors did something that, you know, slave masters did not like. There was no conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, I don't want to get into slavery, but... You know, so just to kind of like give you a little bit of a razzle dazzle of what this podcast is literally going to be kind of like, you know, just talking and having open conversations about things that um, go on within this community. Obviously, white people are 100 percent, you know, allowed to listen in and everything, because maybe you have some of this going on in your family, maybe like, you know, some behaviors that is you know, not acceptable within the white community is 100% acceptable within your family. And that's something that you're like, no, like, that's wrong. So definitely invite you to listen in. So getting to the topic of today, um, you know, just genuinely helping people. So I was pretty much just raised as someone like, okay, like, if you got it, then give it basically. And it didn't matter if it was the expense of your own self. It was always like, okay, put the other person first. If you got it, give it to them. Like, I remember like me and my mom, we were going, (laughs) do you hear my daughter? (laughs) We were going to the store and um, she only had enough for groceries or something. But I think that like, she had like some leftover money. And I believe that, like, we were going to go somewhere. I really don't remember. But I know that money was supposed to be for me. And I was, like, an 8-year-old, 7-year-old, whatever. But I remember, like, there was a beggar that was outside. And I'm calling them a beggar because um, I don't want to assume that they're homeless. I don't want to. Sometimes people fall on tough times. I don't know the situation. I'm just calling them a beggar, okay? And it's not in a disrespectful form or anything because I've been homeless before. But I'll get into that on another episode. But she gave all that money to that beggar, okay? And I remember, like, asking, like, why did you do that? Like, now I'm not going to be able to get whatever I want. I don't know. Maybe it was ice cream. Maybe it was cookies. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to be able to get that, mommy. Like, what? Like, you told me I'd be able to get it. I was excited for it. And she's like, oh, well, you know what? He's in need. And um, if you got it, then give it. So that's a good example. Like, I, f- I do like helping people in need. You know what I'm saying? And if they got it worse than me, then I am going to help it, help them. However, I do feel like, you know, this mentality was like, you know, forced on me and I was raised in it and everything. But I don't feel like there was any, uh, my mom didn't teach me how to set boundaries when it comes to this. So this is what I mean. Something that I had to learn in my healing process was it's not all about, oh, if you got it, then give it. Sometimes if you know that you're going to resent this person for helping them. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, a random person on the street. I'm talking about, you know, maybe in family and friends. 
if you know that you helping this person is going to come at the expense of you, where it's going to be affecting you in a negative way, don't help that person. And that sounds so controversial, like me saying don't help that person, right? It sounds selfish, okay? But here's the thing. For my empaths, for my people that are like people pleasers and everything and stuff, sometimes you guys, you guys put people above yourself a little bit too much and you don't think about yourself and everything. And I think that sometimes protecting friendships, protecting, you know, relationships that you have with people and protecting your own self, your own sanity, sometimes is a little bit more important than helping that person out. And here's why. Because like I said, maybe you have the resources, maybe it's not the right time. You know what I'm saying? And if you do end up helping that person out, it affects you, you know, in a negative way and everything. You might be resenting that person. You might be treating that person a little bit different. So then when it comes down to it, the next time when they actually really need help, they're in that time of need. But this time of need wouldn't affect you in any way. It wouldn't, you know, be a nothing for you to help them. They're not going to come to you. Because you had an attitude the last time you helped them out. Or they saw it on your face that you didn't really want to help them. And they don't want to feel like a burden. Now, some people don't give a fuck about being a burden. Like, I'm going to be, like, completely honest. You know what I'm saying? They don't care who they're imposing on. And you know what? That's self-confidence that, like, I don't have. But, like, I'm going to give it to them, the people that do have that, you know? But sometimes it's really important to try to protect, like, you know, your well, if you care about the person. Like, to protect your relationship and your friendship with that person or etc. and everything. So, like, an example that I can give is, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to air her business out and everything. But I had a friend, and um, at this time, you know, me and my husband, like, we had just got a house. And no, we didn't own it. We were renting it. But you know what? I just felt, like, on top of the world, like a queen, like, having a house rented. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was amazing. But at that time, that's what was happening. That was the situation. I had just had my daughter. And, um, and when I tell you that, like, we had no furniture in the place, I mean, like, it was bare. We had a bed and a bed frame. Oh, yeah. And we, my daughter had her crib that's it you know what I'm saying that's it and I had pots and pans in the kitchen but that was about it we had literally nothing so because we used all our money to move you know but sorry guys had to adjust it but we were in the process of saving up like money for the furniture and etc and like all of that and at this time I had a friend who was beefing with her father and um she asked could like you know she could stay with us for like a couple of days well first and foremost her father had caught COVID his girlfriend caught COVID the kid caught COVID when I say the kid I meant her um it's not her stepmom but like the girlfriend's son and she didn't catch COVID like she was like completely free of COVID and everything already tested and stuff and like she just needed another place to be so the thing is like I was really young when we got this place so the reason why I felt on top of the world is because I was like 19 you know what I'm saying so my friend at the time she was not an adult yet she was 17 I believe so you know one year off but still not an adult but she had asked can she stay with us for like a couple of days just until her father uh, tests negative and his girlfriend tests negative and et cetera and stuff. So 
we were like, yeah, yeah, sure, come over. So her coming over and staying with us for a couple of days was not really going to impose on anything. I did tell her, like, we don't have anything. I do believe, like, my dad gave us some chairs that he found in an alley or something. And they were, like, big chairs and stuff. And we, there was a lot of them. So I did tell her. I said, well, you know what? If you really want to, you know, you could turn those chairs, like, line them up, like, against the wall. Because, like, the backs on them were, like, really tall. I'm like, you could turn it into a bed. We got some blankets and stuff and everything, but we don't really have much. You know what I'm saying? So, and not only that, we were also recovering from um, my husband's paternal leave because it was unpaid. And that was money that we had to, like, you know, save up and stuff. So, like, we were just... We were going through it, okay? Not badly or nothing, because, like, you know, to me, those moments were such really great moments, you know, just having a house. <laughs> that was so nice, but that's what was the situation, and I was totally okay with her helping her out, because it didn't really impose on me. It was just going to be for a few days, like, you know, it was going to be okay. So, she came over, and, like, she stayed the, like, well, she stayed a couple of days and stuff, and I remember, like, she kept on, like, saying, like, oh, I wish I could live with you guys. I wish I could live with you guys. Oh, my dad keeps saying no. He keeps saying no, and, like, I remember, like, I didn't really want her there, <laughs> <laughs> like not like that like it was okay for her to stay the couple of days but her saying that like she wanted to like live with us permanently like I did not want that because the fact of the matter is I got pregnant really really fast with my daughter like me and my husband we had just got married we didn't get to really you know enjoy just being married being in love like that and everything uh I missed a birth control pill all it takes is one <laughs> I did double up the next day but it didn't work guys but we had just gotten married and then like about like a month or two later I got pregnant so then like instead of us like just focusing on being all in love and being newlyweds and stuff we were focusing on preparing to bring a life to the world and stuff and then like our first real place together like I didn't want to share that with my friend like I just I didn't I wasn't with it you know what I'm saying like her being there for a couple of days yeah cool but you talking about wanting to live there permanently no and I think that like it was mostly because, you know, the place was huge. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like, I just, I didn't want that. So I kind of just, like, you know, I, I should have stood up for myself and been like, girl, no. But instead I was like, mm, yeah, oh, so sad. That's so sad that your dad said no. Oh, my God. Mm, bless his heart. Mm. But <laughs> something ended up happening with her and her dad where, like, he called and he found out that, like, from her teacher, that, like, you know, her grades are doing really bad. So, as you know, anybody that was in school at that time, you know that you guys were doing school online at the time. Which she was doing. Um, I do remember her being on FaceTime with her boyfriend all the time while supposed to being, you know, doing her classes and stuff. But, like, that's none of my business. I'm not her mom. She's just my friend. And, like, her dad was kind of making it seem like, oh, so this is what you're doing over at her house. Uh, why isn't she making sure? And I'm like, what do you mean? Why am I making sure? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she, I mean, I get it because, like, legally I'm an adult. But it's, like, me and her have been friends for, like, so long and everything. Like, when I was a kid, too. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, a new adult. And it's, like, just because I'm a new adult, that don't mean I automatically see her, like, oh, my God, yeah, that's my son. That's my son. Like, that's not how I see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's still my friend. So, and I'm not her guardian. Like, she's just staying here for a place until you get better, dude. Like, I didn't say that I was going to be, like, her damn mama or nothing. Like, I never said that. So, 
that was like a little bit like mm. and so then because of that then he tells her come home come home right now so she's like don't you have covid and he's like that don't matter come home and so i'm like what the fuck so um, she ends up taking an uber home and everything and then like hours later she calls me and she calls me like crying and saying that like oh you know like he's just so disrespectful and like they got into an argument i'm not gonna get into it that's her business um but they got into an argument um a really bad one at that and it left her feeling um what's it called like suicidal okay and basically he wasn't taking it seriously like he was mocking her he was just like and I heard all this on the phone, guys. Like, he was mocking her. And it was just, like, heartbreaking and stuff. And so she goes into her room, and she's, like, hysterical. Like, me and my husband are on the phone with her. And, like, she was hysterical, like, crying her eyes out, like, boiling. And um, she was really saying she was going to, like, delete herself. So we – it was a very shitty situation because where she lived at was almost, like, an hour not exactly an hour, but I'll say, like, maybe, like, 40 minutes away from where we lived at, meaning that we were to get in the car, hop over there. If she's, like, super serious about doing this, we'll be way too late. So, to me, I did, you know, what I feel like any responsible person would do, and that is call the police. I called the police. I told her, because at first she was freaking out, and I'm like, look, baby girl, like, you need help okay like no shade nothing like that but like you need help and like you know I just want you like this is a permanent decision you're talking about wanting to kill yourself you know what I'm saying I'm sending over their help because maybe you can get into an environment that's not toxic which is the hospital you know temporarily and they could talk to you um you know assess you and like you know get you some help they're gonna get you a referral like anything you know I I don't know what they do in those types of things I haven't been um you know put in the hospital for that however I just know that like it was done out of love it was not done maliciously it wasn't none of that and I'm clarifying that because people got mad (laughs) and not my friend but her dad got mad so we called the police and she tells me that she really wants, um, well, first and foremost, let me backtrack. The police get there and everything. They ask her dad questions. They don't even talk to her. And he's like, everything's fine. I'm like, what? What the fuck? So then I'm like, all right. So I asked my friend, I'm like, you good? Like, and she's like, no, I'm not good. And then like her dad comes in her room and we hear like slamming and hitting and stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck's happening? She's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. So we recalled the police and I told her, so we're on our way up there. We're going to, we're going to get in the car and we're going to go up there. So we drive up there. And then first and foremost, tell me why. Cause I told you we're about like 45 minutes away. We call the police. They send the same jackass cops up there and everything. And, like, they get there the same time we got there. And, like, they had just left. Like, they were literally just in the area. So they met my husband. They were like, oh, we were just here. We were just here. And so then, like, my husband's like, okay, but you didn't talk to her, though. We didn't call for him. We didn't say that he was going to kill himself. We said that a minor is going to kill herself. And we recalled because we heard like some violence like over the phone and so then they're like oh you're just trying to get her to run away because you know you guys are a bunch of kids and everything and I'm like yo what what the fuck so 
while this is all happening, like, I'm still on the phone with her because, like, she wants me to, like, be on the phone, like, give her some more support and stuff. And so then I, she said that, like, nobody cares about her. And I was, like, a little bit upset because I don't know what's going on. So I'm like, yeah, you know, it's kind of seeming that way. And her father's girlfriend in the background starts yelling, sound mouth, shut up, bitch, shut up, you stupid bitch, and I'm like, wait, what, and, like, I couldn't even really respond, it's not that I couldn't have, I, I could have, but I was, like, a little bit in shock, so I'm like, huh, I'm confused, where did you come from, like, I didn't even know that you were here this whole time, like, I don't know who you are, and I'm like, bitch, like, I'm not gonna be arguing with you, like, screaming over somebody else's phone, like, I'm on the phone with somebody, you're somebody in the background, like, the fuck I look like, you know, like, I'm just like, I don't care, and I'm not gonna be screaming, having a screaming match, and I'm like, my daughter's in the car sleeping, and she's a newborn, by the way, guys, all this is happening, she's a, my daughter's a newborn, we have to take her out of the house, drive almost an hour away, and like, all that and everything, so by the time when the ambulance does get there and stuff, Obviously, they filed support, a report with CPS. Is it? Yeah, CPS? Child Protect. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm a little slow. So, they take her to the hospital. We can't come with her because COVID's still a thing at this time, guys. And um, we have to end up driving back home. So, he drove all the way up there for nothing. So, I was a little irritated. And I don't think it wasn't at her. It was just at the situation. Because the thing is, my daughter's a newborn. I don't sleep. Okay, like, I literally, like, I'm not sleeping, because, like, I have always kind of suffered from insomnia, and I don't take medication for it. I've never taken medication for it, but um, I always suffer from insomnia, and, like, it's just that much more worse. You throw a newborn in the mix, because now, you know, you got to get up very frequently to feed the kid, you know? So, I was a little resentful at the situation, kind of, and I was just like, ill like (laughs) it's like this is annoying not so much at her because like she's going through it you know what I'm saying but I'm just like oh my god like I I really should have at that point like established like maybe like a little bit of something where I'm like okay listen like I did call the police I'm so sorry you're going through this situation I called the police because I love you and I care about you that's what I'm doing but at the end of the day, you know, my husband, he works 12-hour shifts at this point, and I don't think that it's good for me to be bringing a newborn and, you know, because I didn't drive, by the way, so I have to clarify that, guys, because you're probably like, why is your husband there? First and foremost, my husband's friends with her, too, okay? So this is both our friends. She wanted both of us there, okay? Um, But, you know, I should have said something, but no, it didn't end there because when she was in the hospital her dad was like, I don't want her to be back at the house. She's crazy. And her mom, like, doesn't even live, like, where we live at. Like, she lives all the way, like, states away, okay? And so, basically, her mom called me on the phone to kind of have a conversation with me and was like, oh, well, you know, she suggested living with you. What can you provide if she lives with you? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) so now I kind of feel cornered at this point because it's not really a conversation that I had with her because when you are in the hospital like for this type of stuff as far as I'm concerned or at least where we live at you can't have your cell phone I don't think I don't know I don't know if you can have your cell phone I just know she didn't have her cell phone her father had her cell phone so I don't know you know like what the 
procedures are for that. I have no idea. I just know she did not have her phone. So I wasn't really able to have a conversation with her. We weren't able to talk about this. This wasn't really a thing. I didn't get to discuss it and everything. But then, like, her mom is calling me and, like, you know, basically acting like, you know, it's a thing. And so I kind of felt cornered. And then at the same time, like, I felt like, okay, because I have the space for her to be here. And then, like, I didn't want to inconvenience her mother by making her book a flight to come here and get her daughter. And, you know, when her daughter has someone that cares about her that has the space here. But... That situation, you know, when she did get out of the hospital and she moved in, like, it was very stressful because we had a, another mouth to feed. And then, like, she is a minor. She could get a job, you know. But the thing is, she was work like, what, is she, what am I saying, working? She was at school. She was doing schoolwork, okay. And <sighs> this was just, it was very stressful you know having a new baby and then like I think she saw it as like oh yeah me and my best friend live together oh my god so she was always bothering me knocking on the door like all the freaking time and then like I felt like I had like no privacy I felt like I had you know well I did have another child in the house because you know I had to like reprimand her for smoking weed in my kitchen when I think, like, she only did that because this one time, me, her, and my husband, like, we literally, like, hot box in the shower or whatever. But then, like, we opened up the window to, like, everything out and stuff. But, like, it's still a rental. And when she smoked in the kitchen, like, I had, like, a caseworker from, like, you know, one of those, like, charity things that was coming over to do a house visit and to bring over, like, some things for my daughter. And at this time, weed was not legal. I don't think so. I don't remember. I just either or. It's just like, I don't want any weed smells around where my daughter is going to be. Like, I bring my daughter into the kitchen with me when I'm cooking. And like, I just don't want, I, I did not want that. I don't want that exposed to a newborn. And either or, I made it clear to her before that I didn't want that happening. Um, She did it. And when my husband came home, like he was upset. He told her and like she basically made it like, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. And like it was just like little things. It was little things that was like making me upset, making me resent her. So I was a lot more crabbier. And then I was going through postpartum and everything. So eventually I did um have my husband just tell her to like, oh, it's not working out you got you, you got to leave but even before that like she knew that she was getting on my nerves she knew she was getting on my nerves and i think that like it wasn't even just her it's just literally just the situation you know what i'm saying that was just not ideal for me you know what i mean and then not only that but like having an extra mouth to feed was stressful you know what i'm saying like i'm already spending like a shit ton of money with like formula and diapers and, you know, wipes and, like, all that and everything. And then not only that, because I was going through postpartum and, like, I had ripped really bad during um, labor. So I was getting so many things for myself and all that. But then now we had an extra person. And um, it was just... It was stressful. And then we had to drive her to go to her doctor's appointments, like, because she needed her um, medication for something. Like, it was just a lot. And it was stressful. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is this is not supposed to be like this. Like, I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be enjoying my new place. I'm supposed to be, you know, picking out, like, furniture designs with my mans and everything. But now we're trying to pick out beds 
that will go in my living room. Because it's still one bedroom, guys. Like, mind you, it was a huge one bedroom. But, um, we were going to put her in the living room or the dining room or something. But, like, still, it just was imposing on everything that I wanted to do. And, like, I was very crabby. I was very snappish at her. And, like, I, every time she asked me for something, like, you know, I would be like, oh, my God. What now? So, after that situation, like, we were good. We were very good. However, like, you know, sometimes, like, when we, like, have our talks on the phone and everything, like, she'll tell me about situations that she went through. And I'm like, oh, my God. Why didn't you call me? And she's just like, oh, I didn't want to bother you. And then, like, I say the generic thing where it's like, girl, you know, you're not bothering me. But it's like, okay. Sometimes you have to step back and look at the situation. So here's the thing, though. When we told her that it was not working out, she actually went back to go live with her dad. Her and her dad squashed everything and etc. So with that situation, I knew from the very jump, I did not feel comfortable with, you know, her living with us full time. It wasn't a good time for me. I was still in my, oh my God, it sounds so Gen Z, what I'm about to say. I was in my healing era. Okay. Like we had a new child, new place, like, you know, her living with us definitely would have imposed on a lot of things. It would have bothered me. Even my husband was, like, getting a little bit annoyed because, like, there was, like, instances where, like, he would work 12-hour shifts. He comes home. She's like, oh, my God, we got to drive over to my dad's house because he has my phone. And, you know, it's, like, fucking 2 in the morning and he's driving all the way over there. Like, it was just madness and, like, it was very burdening. That's what I'm going to say. It was burdening. Bur- oh, my God. I don't want to say she was a burden. The, like the situation was a burden, okay? But in hindsight, because how I reacted towards the situation, it made it seem like I reacted towards her. I should have just told her mother, hey, that's my friend and everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she told you we have the space and everything, but however, it's just not the right time. I got a newborn. We got a lot going on and everything. Right now, I got to put myself first. I'm healing. I just gave birth. Like, I'm healing. Got to put myself first. I'm going to put this new baby first. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's not my responsibility. I was worried about like, okay, well, like, you know, I don't want her mom having to hop on a plane, come over here. It's like, why the fuck was I worried about that? That's her kid. That's literally her kid. Like her hopping on a plane and coming, you know, to where her daughter is to get her daughter as she should. <laughs> Cause that's her kid. That's not my kid. That's just my friend. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like something that I had to learn to stop doing is I want to fix everybody. I want to like fix all situations for people that I love and everything. And I do that at the expense of myself. Okay. And you know, that's just like a really bad habit that I learned from my parents that I kind of had to break free from. So when it does come to helping loved ones and everything, and like, this doesn't go for every single situation guys, you know, but when it does come to helping loved ones, Sometimes I have to assess the situation and if there's obviously other resources for that person, you know what I'm saying? Other options. And if that person, me helping that person would compromise my own happiness, my well-being or something along those sorts, I make sure that I don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like I just don't even put myself in that situation because even with, um, my husband, like he has 
I don't want to say he's burned a friendship, but a friendship of his has burned because, you know, when he was a teenager, someone helped him out by letting him stay there. And first and foremost, they let him stay there knowing that at the time, like his mama kicked him out. Number one. Number two, like he was having a really hard time, like finding a job and everything. Like he had no phone, he like no cell phone, um, service I said no phone he does have a phone but I meant like no cellular service is what I meant but there was just like a lot going on for him like and you know what god bless that you know he's in a really really good place right now and like he's like nowhere where he used to be back then just as a teenager like he just really struggled came from a toxic family and everything and he was trying to find his way however he needed a little help getting there however this friend was that person that wanted to help and this friend they had the space to help him. However, it was definitely at the expense of them because this person was struggling financially in this household. And we're talking about bringing in a grown person into a household who has no financial means like at the moment to support themselves. That means like buying extra food. That means buying, you know, extra things like extra toilet paper, extra body wash, like just extra everything. And, um, Eventually, that friendship crashed and burned because, first and foremost, um, my husband at the time, he was trying to find a place to stay. His mom was kicking him out. And um, I remember, like, my mom, because my my mom is, you know, she is a black Hispanic woman. And, like, she's not going to be like, oh, your boyfriend is not going to live here. You guys aren't going to be making babies and whatever, right? But I had... um, she had somebody in the family, like a friend, that had space for him. And she was going to ask them, like, if he could stay there. The last resort would have been him taking the extra room that was in my family's house. Because, like, my mom just did not want him on the street. So that would have been the very last resort. However, this friend of his, you know, offered to help him out. You know what I'm saying? Instead of, you know, seeing if he had other options, she, like, this friend just decided to help him out. And, um... Eventually, like, she started getting real crabby because I met the friend. The friend was really cool, but, like, towards the end, like, this friend was, like, mad crabby, mad cranky and stuff. And I know, like, now it was because of the situation. It wasn't because this friend was, like, probably, like, a super bad person or anything. It wasn't like that. It was because of the situation. This person is stressed. This person is struggling financially. This person doesn't know what's going on. And, um... There was just a lot happening. So eventually this friend ended up kicking him out and told him, go to a homeless shelter. You know what I'm saying? I obviously, uh, not going to have my man go to a homeless shelter, okay? But um, at this point, like, you know, my dad had helped him get a job. Um, so he did get a job and, you know, he was making enough money to go ahead and um, do like a roommate type of situation with somebody else and everything. However, because of how it played out, my husband was left feeling hurt from the situation because like it just played out in a very, um, how do you say, like a very weird <laughs> type of way. And I would say that even though how the friend handled it, I don't feel like they were right, but I understand it. And that's why it's just so important. It's just like, just because you have the means to help somebody does not mean that you should. And that, like I said, that statement sounds so, so, so negative. It sounds so selfish. It does. But when you really like stop to think about it, 
it makes a lot of sense because that friendship definitely didn't have to go down that way the way that it did and it's all because this friend decided to help a person knowing that okay yeah you got the space but you don't you're not really able to help them like that because it's going to be at the expense of you you know what i'm saying and that's what i'm saying guys like just people in general and not all people but like i'm speaking to the collective that could you know relate with this stop putting everybody's above you stop putting everybody's needs above you you gotta take some time out for yourself to assess your own self the thing is it's great to help people it is so okay to help people but make sure you're good first when you make sure that you're good you're in a good space and you're just in a perfect space to help people then boom go ahead go help all the people that you want to help but at the end of the day if you're not in a good space if you're not good enough to help that person don't even put yourself in that situation and don't put that other person in that situation because then that other person becomes a victim of you because of your bad attitude because of you getting upset and everything and it makes it seem like you didn't genuinely want to help that person from your heart another situation that I can definitely like give like um an example on is when me and my hubby we found out that we were having a baby Around that time, because, like, we had just gotten married, and I had quit my job. Like, I was working at a daycare. I quit my job because, first and foremost, like, I reported that lady because she had a home daycare, and the ceiling was falling apart. And I remember, like, there was, like, nails sticking out of the walls, and she had babies there and shit and everything. And I'm like, what the f- Like, what? Girl. Girl. And, like, I talked to her about it. I even told my dad. And my dad was like, oh, well, ask her if she wants me to come over. Like, I'll fix it up. Like, I won't charge nothing. Like, I'll fix it up and stuff. And I told her, I'm like, yo, you know, my dad's pretty handy. He could fix this up. He could fix this up. You know, make it safe for the babies. Make it safe for the babies. Because I know you ain't, I know you're not licensed. I just know you're not licensed. Because the, all of this, girl. And she was just like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then not only that, but then, like, you know, there was a lot of kids there. There was way too many kids there. Very overcrowded and, like, lots of small babies, lots of toddlers. She will just be leaving me with all of them. And, like, there was, like, two rooms, okay? She'll leave the babies in one room to go upstairs and, like, wouldn't even tell me that she's upstairs. So, like, this was just, like, it was too much. And I'm like, girl, I'm finna quit. Like, fuck that, okay? However, little did I know, <laughs> a little bit after I quit, then the whole pandemic thing hit, right? And I'm like, oh, my God. I literally have no job and we're about to have a baby. What? And so basically, like my husband, he lost his job due to the pandemic. And then we just find out we're pregnant. And I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And so like, we're trying our hardest. We're trying, trying, trying. And I had a uncle who, you know, I don't even want to say he married because he's not married. He's booed up with the lady that's in Wisconsin and he's always talking about how great Wisconsin is and everything and then he was just talking about the pandemic over there saying like oh you know everything's great where I live at everything's great and like he lived like a small town in Wisconsin I'm not gonna give the town away but he lived in a small town in Wisconsin he's like oh everything's great pandemic ain't affecting nothing over here ain't affecting anything and so he's talking about the jobs are great everything's great and stuff and I'm like okay well where we live at everything is suffering honey it's suffering, all right? And, like, we're having a baby. I don't know what we're going to do. The thing is, like, when we had gotten married, uh, he moved in 
with me in my parents' house. Because the plan was, and this is a little before the pandemic hit, me and my husband were going to save up like about like five to $6,000 and everything. And then my parents were going to save up $6,000, you know, to meet our half. And they were going to help us out with buying a house. All right, everything changed because the pandemic hit and I got pregnant. So now it's like, okay, we live in my parents' house. It's a little bit cramped because it's my parents. And then I have a young brother um, who I'm 11 years older than, by the way. And then there's me, my husband, and then having a baby. Like, it just would have been way too cramped. Like, you know, like, it's not the Brady Bunch, you know? And um, basically, my uncle invited us out over there to Wisconsin so we could stay with them for a little bit until we get on our feet and stuff. Like, they're going to help us with jobs. And then, like, his girl got, like, her father's in a real realtry <laughs> and real estate and he has some properties and like you know like they mad cheap to rent and all that and stuff and I'm just like okay cool so we go over there and stuff and like because his girl he asked his girl and his girl was like yeah yeah that's fine when we got over there we found out that it just it wasn't fine it wasn't fine at all she even told us that like she's just the type of person she don't like living with other people other than her man, I guess, you know, and, you know, she let it be known that she did not want us there, like, she made it hard for us, like, I'm gonna get into that in another episode, but, like, she just made it very hard, but then not only that, but then, because she made things hard, she was in a bad mood, she would be in a bad mood towards my uncle, and then my uncle related it all back to us, okay, so it's like, oh my god, we're at fault, so when it wasn't working out, I'm like, I don't have to take this being mistreated, I could just go back home to my mama and my daddy, so that's what we did. We went right the fuck back. We went right back to my parents. I even asked my parents, I'm like, can we come back to you guys? And they were like, yeah, babies, come, come, come back, come back. But that relationship, like, I'll get into it in another episode, but just know that I really show my uncle. Like, I don't talk to him to this day. And that was like, shit, <laughs> like almost four years ago. That was almost four years ago. And I don't talk to him to this day. You know, my daughter's about to be three uh, next month, and then, you know, pregnancy is almost a year, I say almost four years ago, so it's probably, like, a little bit over three years, guys, I'm not good at math, but just know, like, it was years, and, like, I don't talk to him, because that situation was so bad, like, I'll get into it in another episode, guys, but, like, that situation was so bad, like, I don't even talk to him to this day, but that was just, like, a situation where it was, like, okay, yeah, they had the resources to help us because they had an extra room and everything and stuff, but they did not have to feel inclined to say yes to help us just because um, we asked. So, yeah, he invited us out there because we asked, by the way, so I wanted to clarify, but um, he didn't have to say yes. They did not have to say yes because the end of the day, by them saying yes – they let it be known how their actual feelings were towards us, like, how they were acting, like, just little passive-aggressive stuff and everything, and, like, you know, we felt mistreated, and it really ruined my relationship with my uncle, and this was my favorite uncle at one point in time in my life, you know what I'm saying? So, that's just another example where it's just, like, you know, sometimes you gotta put yourself first, and you just really gotta just take the time to think somebody asks you something don't just feel the need to answer right away just say I'm gonna think about it and that's something that I had to learn and teach myself so now when people ask me things like oh can I can you help me out with this can you do this can you do this 
I make sure that I tell them. I don't say yes or no right away. I tell them. Let me. I'll, I'll get back to you on that because I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna <laughs> meditate on it, reflect. You know, maybe talk about it with my husband. Just kind of see if we're in the right position to help you out with this request. And I feel like that's probably the most healthiest thing to do, not just for yourself, but for the other person. So yes, guys, so now we're reaching to the end of this, the first episode. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it and you guys took something out of it because I've been in many situations where I just felt, you know, mistreated by somebody. Like I asked for help from somebody and then they give me the help. But then with the help comes like an attitude, with the help comes resentment, with the help comes like all these other negative things and negative emotions that they're like pushing onto me. And I'm just like, damn, like I should never ask your ass in the first place. Like, fuck, like how the fuck are you going to be treating me like that? And like, you're the one that said yes. You you say yes. You say yes to helping me. You know what I'm saying? And then I also been on the other shoe where it's like somebody asked me for help. And, you know, I'm kind of just like, oh, my God. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's just not healthy on either end, you know? And like I said, that was just something that I had to unteach myself. Because like I said, I always grew up. My mom's always saying, oh, if you haven't, then give it. You haven't, then give it. If you have the space to let somebody stay in your house and they need a place to stay, let them stay. If you have your last $50 and somebody else needs it, give it to them. And it's like, yeah, no. And, you know, honestly, that does really come from people-pleasing, guys. And that's a, something that's learned, um, you know, by people who most of the time have, like, childhood trauma. So, I want you guys to stay healthy, stay hydrated, and remember to show love to each other. But showing love does not have to be at the expense of you and who you are or compromising yourself or anything like that showing love also means showing love to yourself and that's the first person that you should show love to before you're able to show love to anybody else thank you guys until next time